the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of KDOW or its management owners or advertisers and should not be construed as legal tax or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. Welcome in, Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black. I like to dedicate some time on a regular basis to talk about real estate. Look, when it comes to what I do, I talk about insurance, I talk about investments, I talk about the economy, I talk about a little bit about politics. I'm really talking about technology and getting into retirement. So on occasion, I I break down and and start talking about bonds and fixed income. And like most annuities are really, really bad and they're done and they're sold by people who are just trying to get a commission. And they don't even know that. That's the beauty of it. Sometimes they're sold by people who um, their granddaddy taught them how to do it kind of thing. So annuities are typically bad. In my opinion, I pulled up, I like talking about real estate. I'm bringing Tony Mendez from Bay Area Loan Source. Morning. To typically talk a little real estate with me. And sometimes we'll talk about how, did you hear the one this week about the attorneys flying in from Dallas and working in San Francisco for three or four days and staying in luxury hotel? And that's actually not a joke. That was actually a real story last year that we saw attorneys will live in a cheaper city, fly in, charge San Francisco rates and fly out. That's awesome. That's that's incredible. That's a real estate trend. So I pulled up some stories that I did from 2008, 10 years ago. And one of the stories that I, I had done was the housing bubble doesn't burst everywhere. And it talked about how in 2006, 2007, 2008, the housing market really went through a really tough skid. Um, and there was a massive recession and people lost jobs. And the, the article was pretty interesting. I t- in the article, it talked about how some markets have flown under the radar and, you know, uh, the hot spots, you know, we already knew them. Where the sexy spots, it wasn't in Arizona, Southern California, Florida, Nevada, because during a recession, people got panicked. And that's where jobs were coming out. But you kind of learned that population growth is a driver of real estate, kind of learned that jobs are a driver of real estate. So when jobs leave Detroit, Cleveland, it creates... Not a good thing. There's a job producing Salt Lake City Corridor going on right now. And this was 10 years ago. So I like going back in time a little bit, taking a look at things. Um, Dallas was a very hot market 10 years ago. Very hot market. You know why? Jobs. Texas is a real state. I know a lot of people in California want to say it's not because they're gun-toting, Christian-believing, right-wing, politically speaking vote Republican, but they're a real state. And you have to acknowledge that the real states, the big states, they have jobs, right? Um, So what was interesting about this is Seattle was coming up on the list at that point in time, but there were some top markets that had low risk, like Bethesda, Maryland. You don't think of Bethesda, Maryland as like hot and sexy, but it's, it's just outside of DC. It's nice. And you're always gonna have jobs, right? So I guess where I'm trying to get at with that is that 10 years ago, people were worried. Now, not so much. So we, we have jobs that are positive in the United States. 
Employment numbers are super important. Tony Mendez, Bay Area, LoanSource.com. Um, another story that I did 10 years ago was pretty interesting. It was tied towards the smartest cities in America. Mm-hmm. And in the smartest cities in America is with the highest PhDs in situations like that. Bachelor's degree or higher. Uh, Seattle. Yep. Had you invested in Seattle 10 years ago, you would have done very, very well. But also on that list are, are more... It's, it's the, the smartest city in America was Seattle 10 years ago, then San Francisco, then Raleigh, then Washington, then Austin. All of them have done yeah. very, very well. Name me a lot of towns that have good colleges, and that promotes good housing, good home prices. Atlanta, Boston, San Diego, um, all smartest cities. So and... the, the lists are changing a, a little bit. Um, sure. There's some of the, there was a, a, a great little report that came out of Realtor.com not too long ago about the top 10 thriving suburbs or most appreciating suburbs in the United States. Um, and they're all there's like, they're out of the cities like Dallas and, um, and like even out of like Sacramento. And then there's just little towns like Raleigh. There's a little place called apex and it was number one on the list just outside of Raleigh. I know. Yeah. And so you have these little towns that people are looking at an hour away from these large cities, these large populations and jobs and hospitals and schools that are doing very, very well. Um, but you mentioned Detroit. Detroit was the number one city in the United States to, uh, as far as the amount of appreciation that they've recovered since the Great um, Recession. San Jose was on the list as well. I think they came in number two. A lot of the cities were in Florida and California. I think you'll find uh, that very interesting. But we've gone through a lot of uh, a big change. Uh, I kind of, I've talked about it as kind of a redistribution of wealth, but a redistribution of, of population too. And it was a reshuffling and the Bay Area went through that as well. A lot of people were able to sell their homes and, or buy in areas that they weren't able to buy. So a lot, one of the reasons why I think we won't have that kind of cascading effect we did back in 2008, uh, leading up to 2010, 11 is because a lot of people did do that reshuffling and they found themselves in the places that they wanted to. It's a little harder now. And that's again, another reason why home prices keep going up because people still want those desirable areas. Are we going to have that same kind of, um, cleansing, so to speak? I don't, I don't think so. I think people are pretty well situated. They're locked in at very low rates. Um, most of them are fixed. I think we're down to like 1.2% of the uh, people who have gotten a loan in the last five years used an arm. So people aren't risking themselves as far as that That's is concerned. That's a pretty low number. It's a really low number. Right? I mean, purchases right now are down in, in the 1-2% as far as arm usage. We expect that to go a little higher as rates go higher because arms usually have uh, you know three quarters to a, a one point lower in rate, which is a lot of money if you're doing a five six seven hundred $700,000 loan. So... Um, I mean, do you honestly think that we could see that kind of, um, um, I know, changing hands of, of houses if people are so locked in, not only in the area that they want to be in, but with the, the kind of loan that they got? Uh, I think everyone's case is different. And painting with a broad brush is a little bit silly at this point in time. Um, I continue to see people, you know, make better financial decisions over time. Um, as we get older, sure. so the, the they learn from the past. Yeah, yeah. So as I turned, when I was in twenties, I didn't see a lot of people do things, and then thirties, you start seeing some more, and you get to see friends get married and divorced, and people have kids, and like one of the things that I've seen recently is uh, they were a successful couple ten years ago. You know, they were both making good salaries, and just slowly but surely, you know, uh, the salaries of a level two tech technician. Uh, help desk guy is different than it was 10 years ago. And a lot of stuff is going overseas. And I'm just seeing a lot of more struggle, but a lot of people getting a lot wiser. 
Um, you know, I saw a news anchor cash in a $2 million gain in a home and move to Scottsdale. And now I'm seeing Scottsdale's doing great. So something tells me that guy knows how to move his chips on the table and uh, continue to make money or, or use his leverage intelligently. But I'm seeing, I'm seeing a lot. So, and it's uh, all people have different kind of uh, real estate and stories. And would I ever sell a real estate? I'm not you, getting you mean your based, Bay Area real estate. That's based on my one. mortgage and my, my interest rate? Yeah. I think one of the stories that we're seeing lately Where's is... to shove I'm going to sell it if I need food in my belly. Yeah, that too. And um, But we're getting more calls about uh, a, kind of an interesting scenario where people are sitting on too much equity. And it sounds kind of silly, but... Oh, no. That's, that's a trillion-dollar tidal wave. Yeah, they're sitting on company. too much equity. A lot of these people are investors. They're looking at you know a rate of return on rents. Rents are going to cap out eventually at some point, and they're going to look at that million dollars or even in $500,000 of equity to have there. And why are they not spreading that out somewhere else where they get a better rate of return? So we're seeing more of that. It's Tony Mendez. You can find him at BayAreaLoanSource.com. It's BayAreaLoanSource.com. You can find me at RobBlackShow.com. But Tony does my mortgages. He did one. He's basically done one for me every two or three years, it seems, for the last 15 years. I'm Rob Black talking to all things financial. Want the podcast with music? Find the link to the other version of the podcast by going to Rob Black's Twitter. His handle is at Rob Black Show. Listen to Rob Black and Your Money weekday mornings, 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW. And it gets frustrating talking about real estate because in the end, it's so personal on people's views of real estate and their opinions and their situations. Um. Whether it's a family of four in the Bay Area who make two hundred thousand and are poor and they're leaving, they'd rather go make sixty thousand and live well than make two hundred thousand and live poorly. Fascinating, the kind of dilemma to get into of of what's right and wrong. Um, I was in Denver recently, and I remember and this is the <clears throat> the basis of me pulling up Denver research from ten years ago uh, was because I was just there and I was like. I could have moved there. I, I certainly thought about it in the 1990s. Um, I had a list of seven cities. I don't know if you remember them, but it was like Denver, Nashville, um, San Antonio, Raleigh, um, I think Minneapolis, Seattle. A couple others were on there, and uh, all those, all of them have done really great because they have jobs there. Um, and that's another thing you know we could talk about is. But anyway, what do I, what I kind of want to talk about was. Everyone has their own real estate opinions. I was listening to your show last night. Your show's on on the station Thursdays, uh, 6 to 7. And your partner has opinions on real estate. And you two were disagreeing quite a bit last night. And that's the beauty of real estate is there's no right answers. So the couple, I remember a couple in 2000 going, you know, we can't afford San Francisco, so we're moving to Tracy. And I remember laughing at them, you know, ah, Tracy, what's in Tracy? It's nothing's in Tracy. Um, Stockton, nothing, but that was their decision. So, and not necessarily a wrong one. We, we definitely see different opinions in real estate. That's one of the fun parts of the, uh, the whole experience over the last 15, 20 years of, um, being in the industry. I've owned property for many years beyond that. And, um, my wife and I have the same different opinions and, you know, she might be a little bit more like, I just want a household and I might want something for retirement. Um, that's why we bought our first house is because I knew at some point I was going to keep that. It was going to generate something like my parents said, oh, we're spending so much money on this, this and this long term care and, and so on. And I'm like, you know, I think I want some sort of vehicle to help me do that over and above Social Security and wages and my retirement. 
So I think everybody has a different opinion. I think that's great. I think it's healthy for the market. Um, I think you just don't, but you you can't be impulsive, which we still see a lot of people do. Um, we had a, a guy recently who could save $463 a month on his refinance, but he was a little PO'd about his appraised value that came in and because he had solar on his house. And his wife, he didn't care, but it was his wife who said, we spent $35,000 in the solar, but they only gave us 10000 value on the appraisal. And they didn't, They even though we could have done the refinance they and saved four, over $400 a month, they decided not to. So everybody's going to have a different opinion. That's, it, it, I think what it comes down to is dollars and cents. And if you can get down to that root issue, you know mm-hmm. what really makes sense for our short-term and long-term? More long-term now. I think I'm, you talked earlier about how people are, beca- are wiser about the decisions in real estate. I think people are thinking longer-term now as opposed to short-term, um, even though people still want that payment. Um, that's what the root is right there, the money. Follow the money. Yeah. <clears throat> A lot going on in that statement, that idea. One of the things we, you and I were talking about is someone was just predicting a, a, a bubble, kind of like the death of real estate. <laughs> yeah, this is it. I mean, the quotes... It happens in stocks, too. Yeah, it's quite, quite up, um, apocalyptic. I mean, what he says, is, it basically comes down and says, how much do you love your real estate? Are you Do you love it enough to go down with it? It's like, there we're seeing a little bit more of that, aren't we? We're hearing more uh, bubble talk. Yeah, yeah. If you turn on CNBC at this point in time, um, or even if you just go to Yahoo, Yahoo's you know, news page, you'll see, you know, Dr. Doom says, or it's, and again, it's going to happen. There's going to be a recession. Um, it's going to happen. Housing's not going to go higher every single year. Um, yeah, what's crazy is right next to, you know, a, a, an article like this, yeah. where some guys just calling gloom and doom, you're going to have this, uh, another article saying, well, we're going to have a recession, but the real estate's not going to be affected by it this time. It's going to be a, a different kind of recession tied towards maybe equity or um, commodities or something else. Um, and, and and then they go on to explain it's because of the type of mortgages people got and, and because of the lack of housing, inventory is going to rule. We have more household formations. I mean, when you really think about it, you could almost push, and I'm not trying to be pro real estate right now, even though that's the industry I'm in, you can almost put real estate aside right now and, and kind of focus on other parts of the economy that could cause the recession yeah. and be affected by it. I think there's an evolution that happens in real estate and in life that you sometimes don't appreciate while it's happening. For instance, I moved into San Carlos 10 years ago and there was a skyline. (laughs) There was like nature. There was, there's hills and I can't even see the hills anymore because it's all been built up. So one of the reasons that I liked it is now gone. So will I eventually leave? Yeah. I told you I was in Denver this week, uh, last weekend and um, it's a lovely city. I, I, I know people have left the Bay Area for Denver, and that's, they say, yes, we miss the ocean, but it's lovely, minus that, and, you know, less traffic. And, and the oxygen. More. Well, the <laughs> oxygen is, there's less of that as well, uh, but you get used to that, they say. Um, but yeah, yeah. So um, you have to like outdoors. If you like Denver, I mean, you have to go to mountains, you have to go hiking, you have mm-hmm. to really grasp that. Or somebody in the peninsula that likes to live close to the train or they like that. Oh, that you know, no, crazy. I know, but, but you see, that's what they're building. They're, they're doing what's, what's working for, what have you done for me lately? Kind of attitude, you know, what do we need now? And that's what we need. Um, it's also coincidentally the, what's making the most money. I mean, right down the street from the studio, there's, 
you know, a huge complex of townhouses right by a train track, and it's not a train track you can jump on and get to work. It's yeah, that's what you hear every every day, every morning, and then you hear the like that, and they're all compact, and they're making the most amount of money they can yeah. right now. I mean, we're not going to see any sprawling suburbs coming up anytime soon. I sent you an article earlier this week about, um, <clears throat> and I don't know if you saw it because I think I sent on instant messenger. So anyway, it was a story about um, the last waterfront property in San Francisco is going up. And what's interesting about it is I know one of the guys behind the development of it, I named Paul Zeger. Um, and lo- long story short, there's no more waterfront condos to be mm-hmm. thrown up. So it's, it's, it, the inventory is there now. So now it's all about, you know, where else can we build? Where else can we uh, make the next big thing happen? And it'll happen. So, um, but anyway, you can talk to Tony about real estate, about mortgages, about interest rates. You can find him at BayAreaLoanSource.com. That's BayAreaLoanSource.com. San Francisco's last waterfront condo development breaks ground. That was a big story this week. Um, Looks pretty. I like the rendition. Yeah. There's so much controversy in real estate. There's It's all luxury, though. It's going to be expensive. It's all luxury. Luxury condos, I love it. There's something wrong with that statement. I remember when I was 20, and condos basically meant a place to live. Not luxury, right? Not luxury. <laughs> they have a gym that was disgusting. That was the perk. Anyway, Alan, anyway, I'm Rob Black. You can find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter, Rob Black Show, YouTube, Rob Black Show. You can find Tony Mendez at BayAreaLoanSource.com. Catch Rob Black and Rob Black and Your Money live on the Bay Area Airwaves. Weekday mornings from 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW and streaming live on the KDOW radio app or KDOW.biz. And don't forget the weeknight replay at 7. I was offended when I learned that shows on PBS basically have to bring money to the table. Otherwise, they don't get on PBS. So you go, wow, this is in the public's best interest. Here's a non-commercial driven media company. It's in the public's best interest. But then you learn like, no, they take money and it's a pay to play. It's, it's not infomercials, but it's pretty damn close to infomercials. And I, I was watching PBS one night and they had a money expert on and he talked about taking out a home equity line of credit and paying off your mortgage. And this guy's pretty credible. He's got a good career. He's got a good name. He's a best-selling author from best-selling author and best-selling author is crap. I can tell you that too. That's one of those things that's a little bit overused. So anyway, um, I was watching and he's like, take out a home equity line of credit. And I'm like, okay, wait, you're taking out. And the guy, basically there's, there's also another strategy where you take money out of your home equity line and you buy life insurance. I'm like, what's the rub here? And the rub is always the guy who's giving the advice makes the most amount of money. He's making a transaction and he doesn't care if it sets you up perfectly or not. He comes up with ways to make it look like it and then dumps it on you. So, and typically a lot of these strategies involve a buddy where a buddy calls you up and says, Hey, I heard this idea. If you take out HELOC and you take that money, which is your money and you pay down the principal, which is the bank's money. And then the, you save on interest, which you're no longer giving the bank. You're kind of saving it. It's magically going back into your home equity. And my buddy told me about it. What do you think about it? How often do you see that happen to you, Tony, where people come up to you and say, uh, what do you think about this idea to pay off a mortgage seven and a half years earlier? You know, some of the products in your world. Well, 
not as often as we used to, because um, there's not as many out there, uh, not as many people trying to sell something like this. Um, and really, they're not selling a strategy. They're selling a product like a car and saying, oh, by the way, you can take this car and drive it for Uber, for example, um, and make money. It's the same kind of thing. They're, sell- they're, they're trying to attach some sort of benefit to a, an existing type of product um, using this strategy. Um, but we, we used to say there was one from Australia where they where you would pay off your mortgage for 29 days of the month. I don't and, trust that. And then you would <laughs> any, any, any person with an Australian accent. Now, I kind of think they're scamming me. Well, that's that's personal. I know. Sure, but, I know. Um, but is that personally like, like is that, Australian accent? And but I isn't like that it. part of scamming 101? Use an accent because it makes you look smarter than the other people. Oh, down in Australia, we've crikey. We've been saving on mortgages. You Americans are silly. Right? Get a free alligator with your free alligator. Okay, crocodile. Yeah, crocodile. Not funny. Crocodile ate my baby. <laughs> um, so, I wonder if I'd get kicked, yeah, out, of they, I'd get kicked out of Disney if I put would. that on a shirt. I think you would. Get a t-shirt, put Disney I don't think you'd even. On. I don't think you'd make it in. Crocodile, my baby. <laughs> oh, gosh. Um, so you pay out your mortgage uh, off one day of the month. Or I'm sorry, you have a mortgage for one day of the month, and then you, you don't. But you use your own assets to do it. You use your own you know, uh, savings. So if you have a couple hundred thousand, you have a $200,000 mortgage, you put it in there, and you get another mortgage for one day of the month. It's kind of silly, very costly, but they, they say that the costs are less than the amount of interest that you save. So... And that's a sailing, a sale pitch. Um, same thing like this little equity line. There's a company that's going to sell you an equity line and say, oh, by the way, you take your whole paycheck and stick it towards your, your mortgage and then use the equity line and this little credit card that we're going to give you that's or debit card that's tied to the equity line and live off of that. And then you pay that off slowly until month four and then you do it again. Um, and, and of course, in their hopes that you're going to go and spend a lot more money because they just gave you a $50,000 equity line. Um, I don't know a lot about the terms of the equity line. I'm sure there's some interest tied to it and some fees. So they're making some money on it. Um, but there's, if you run the math, you can do exactly what this thing offers by yourself. You can do it with your own money, which you're doing anyways, but you don't have to get an equity line. So get an equity line for a different reason. Get it for emergencies or get it for, like, if, you know, your your in-laws need a place in the backyard and you can't afford to put them up in a, you know, a retirement home in Sacramento or something like that and build an in-law unit in the back, which we're seeing a lot more by the way, and then help them, you know, have them pay you with $500 a month. That was one, that was one of the laughable things Jerry Brown did. (laughs) He made it easier to put up a in-law unit in your own property. And we're seeing a lot more here. San Jose is going to push it it through. Um, We're going to see a lot more of it, but that's, that's our solution. I was probably like, is that, that's shed in your backyard. That's where your parents going to end up. We're, we're going to call them parent, or what do we call them? Uh, Retirement units. Now, I think we should just create an old person zoo in South Dakota and send them all there. Oh, uh, so, anyway, I want to change the topic ever so slightly. Sure. About paying off a mortgage because we're we're on the topic of paying off a mortgage with a HELOC. Bad idea. You assume that your four percent that you're getting on a HELOC, you can get better returns by using that money, and it's it's not going to mathematically work out for you. It's interesting to note that Rick Edelman, who's a CFP, Certified Financial Planner, I think he's extraordinary as far as his advice goes. I don't agree with it all. You and Gordon were fighting last night about the mortgage world, about real estate world. I don't agree with everything this guy says, but one of the things he said early on in my career was, um, I like big, long, fat mortgages. I like long mortgages. 
And then you see people like Susie Orman and Dave Ramsey, who are two of the financially stupidest people on the planet. Their financial IQ is very, very low. Um, their ideas are not based in the certified financial planner practitioner, you know, designation. It's based on, it feels good. Susie Orman says, pay off your credit card with, you know, the smallest credit card amount and not the highest interest rate because it feels good. Dave Ramsey's like, buy a house in cash. I'm like, what planet are you living on that he wants to buy houses and cars and cash? Now, mm-hmm. in a in a utopia, that's great because debt can get a lot of people in trouble, but that's also a great tool. So Ramsey's afraid of debt. I love debt. So you have to love debt because you're in the business of selling debt. Cheap debt, hopefully. Cheap um, debt. I mean, when you look at a mortgage and you look at the... Now we're capped a little bit in some, in many cases in the higher end, but you get the tax deductions, you get, you can spread it out over 30 years. Yeah. They even have 40 year mortgages now, um, which went away for a while and, and they are back. You can even pay interest only, which were gone and now they're back. Um, so there's, you know, in over 30 years, Rob, interest you can, only. Wow. yeah, interest only. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah. But if you're getting an interest only loan, the rate's going to be higher now. It's not like you can choose. Right now, Freddie Mac is 4.52%. You can't get an interest only for 4.52%. It's going to be an inch, uh, a rate higher, uh, one point higher than that. So you might as well get the principal interest anyways. So it's, it's, it's for certain cases. It's interesting to note that, again, I'm not trashing Dave Ramsey and Susie Orman. I'm kind of saying people should pay attention where they're getting their financial advice from. Um, a lot of people like... <laughs> They kind of like fall in love with these financial celebrities or financial guru types. Like Tony Robbins is coming to San Jose. I hate Tony Robbins on so many levels. Um, but I get that he motivates some people. I get the power. I, I, that's, that's lovely. What sucks about it is it's $599 for a VIP ticket, but you can get two for the price of one at $99. Most people don't have that kind of money, Tony. We're living in a decadent world where you could pay $100 to go to someone to say, you know, what did you do today? Did you get out of bed? Get out of bed. Um, so anyway, I, Tony Robbins gives financial advice. And you know what? I, th- I think it's appalling. Even if he gives good financial advice, he doesn't have an accreditation and he's using his, his celebrity blah, blah, blah. To, you know, I've, I've been to those types of um, oh, seminars before. Yeah. And, um, you know, early on and, you know, you, you, you do that when you're younger and you're trying to figure things out. Um, if I was older, yeah. you know, and, and uh, older than 35, 40, I would say, and sure. I'm going to one of those, um, I should be shot. You know, it's like, um, you, you can do it younger and you can kind of figure out your way and how you want to be in life. And if it motivates you, I think you, you get something out of it. I think I had an A friend. He says, I, why do you go to the meeting? He says, I get something out of it every time I go. Um, and if you get something out of it that motivates you, that changes the way you, you live your life and you can be a little more productive. I'm not saying go out and spend $99 in hopes to get rich. Um, or even more, there's, there's places that say, oh, well, you know, if you don't pay the extra $200 for this special meeting we're having after this seminar, you, you're financially, you know, stupid. Um, I, I've been to those as well. And you're like, I'm not paying. I mean, why did you, we just paid money to be here. You now you're telling me I have to pay more to go into the other room and get the secret. It's crazy. Kiyosaki does that. Kiyosaki is the biggest abuser. If, if I could get away with wiping someone off the planet, might be Kiyosaki. <laughs> oh my, the best my, one is my. 
the best one was the seminar that you know you did years ago, and right next to us was the one that was selling four hundred four thousand and ninety nine dollars or something yeah. like that for a program that'll help you trade stocks or something like that. And a lot of times they put pressure on you. So oh, the, yeah. the ninety the first meeting's ninety nine dollars, but they want you to go to the second meeting, which is four thousand. And did you bring your credit card today? If you did, go to this table right here and sign up and. What? You don't want to make money for your family? What? You don't want to take care of them? And like the guilt starts coming out. And uh, it's just awful. It's just awful, awful, awful. So again, um, on my on my list, I'm going to put like Rick Edelman on top. I'd save him. Probably wouldn't save Ramsey. Probably wouldn't save Susie Orman if the boat was sinking. That's terrible. Under, under what definitely, ca- definitely. I'm putting the oar on top of Tony Robbins and pushing him down. And Kiyosaki, I... I might, I might put a bloody finger in the water so to draw sharks. <laughs> That's not he ain't making it back on the boat. He ain't making it back on the boat. He ain't making it back on the boat. <laughs> I'm Rob Black. That's Tony Mendez. You can find Tony at BayAreaLoanSource.com. It's BayAreaLoanSource.com. Don't forget, there's another hour of today's show to listen to. Find it now at KDOW.biz or on the KDOW radio app. I'm Rob Black, talking money, investing, and more. San Francisco, the city by the bay. The city so pretentious that they put up a mirror on the Bay Bridge so they could look back at themselves and not have to look over at Oakland. True story. 65% of the homes in San Francisco. Ah, let's make sourdough. Let's, let's have the inmates in Alcatraz go crazy over the lovely smell of sourdough. 65% of the homes in San Francisco are rent. Rent are occupied. And then you start getting into the whole rent control issue of, you know, it's older multifamily buildings, so it doesn't really apply to any of the new condos or any of the new buildings going up. So it's really not as rent controlled as you think, but it could become a problem. It's in a bit of a crisis mode at this point in time of can you afford to rent and how much are, how much money are you really willing to throw down the into someone else's mortgage or into someone else's life? Uh, $4,680 a month for a two-bedroom apartment. Well, there's also a big spread on on what's being built as renter occupied and owner occupied, um, and I guess in the eye of the city, they're saying, "Well, we need more rental units because it's a little bit more affordable." Um, actually, when I saw this story, I I went online and I just started looking at some apartments, just looking at two bedroom apartments, just to see what it what this the um, if this is actually indeed true, four thousand to five thousand dollars for a two bedroom one one bath apartment, and they're they're no bigger than a thousand square feet most yeah. cases, and um, and that's what you're seeing as, as far as rental because that same unit if you bought it was is a million dollars, and the city's going okay that's not affordable so this just go ahead and approve more apartments more condos like that. It's interesting that you put it like that and use the word affordability, and I think about affordability all the time. I was in Red Rocks. I was in Denver and I had a Uber driver and I was asking him questions like, Hey, how's Denver doing? And I bet I, he's, I've lived here my whole life kind of guy. And, uh, I'm like, it's changed a lot in the last 10 years. Cause I, I knew I was going to talk to you this week about Denver and I wanted to get a little scratch on it. And he basically said, you know, uh, it's great, but everything changed really when the marijuana legalization in Colorado happened. Um, a lot of young people moving there. And that's his shtick was young people without careers are moving here because they know they can wait tables and be hostesses and be Uber drivers and smoke marijuana. 
All right, all right, all right. <laughs> now you kind of look at like San Francisco and young people are moving because it's jobs and it's a you know big city in Seattle, jobs and it's a big city. He didn't really sell Denver terribly well when he said, you know, our, our, 20, our millennials who are living here are dope smokers who take young people's jobs lurking at McDonald's because we can work at McDonald's and smoke dope. He might just be getting sick of young people getting in the, his car smelling like dope. That could be the other reason, too. Then again, I mean, he's an Uber driver, and younger people are going to be taking Uber. Yeah. I mean, that, I mean, he, he might just be seeing one side of it. So he was basically, his, his thought was 10,000 people are moving to Denver a month. Mm. And it's driving up home prices, it's driving up, you know, apartments. You know, he, he talked about a two-bedroom apartment being like $1,200. Like, wow. Wow. Yeah. So I could smoke a lot of dope <laughs> if yeah. I was living in a twelve hundred dollar apartment. Low cost of living and um, and cheaper. jobs equals a lot more dope to smoke, <laughs> right? Yeah. But so Denver's seen an influx of people. The Bay Area is seeing an outflux of people. You sent me a quote from um, Hayward-based Macy Movers, and uh, what was interesting about it was the rush is so intense. So this is a moving company. This is a company that'll come. With a truck, with movers, and pack your stuff and, and move you leave from the state. Yeah, leave, from one state you can to move another. to Denver and get an apartment and smoke a lot of weed. They'll move you there. And what did he say? He said, this year, June just turned into something I've never seen in 25 years. Everybody's leaving. They've been inundated with clients clamoring to get out of the Bay Area to make a, 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 a confirmation, to make a rental uh uh, an appointment to get a truck for five, ten days, move across the country, and he says we have no, we have no trucks. There's a blackout now for uh, out of state moves. Six week blackout, can't take you. Can you imagine being a moving company turning people down? Like, I remember a couple of weeks ago, we, you and I did a story about U-Haul. That, oh, yeah, the cost know, of a U-Haul to leave the state as opposed to coming into the state. So the cost of a U-Haul to leave a state versus coming back in, you can get a U-Haul from Vegas or Denver to San Francisco for nothing. Bucks. Yeah, but it was a couple thousand dollars to go the other direction because everyone's leaving. This could be one of the reasons. So move it, move it yourself. I'm pretty sure my my neighbors are moving up to Walla Walla, Washington, yeah. and uh, they're packing it up. They have two kids, and uh, she's got a decent job. He's got an okay job. Uh, but they just they can't buy a house. They're never going to buy a house here, even though their parents own houses here. But they've been in them forever, and they're moving back home, back to uh, where she was born in Walla Walla. Got a job as a human resource person. He's going to get a job somewhere, and they're going to buy a house, and they're happy. Um, are they going to get an Atlas truck? Probably not, because they're six-week blackouts. They'll probably get a U-Haul and spend a couple grand. But, um, yeah, this is, we're hearing a lot more of that. I'm with you. It's Tony Mendez. You can find him at BayAreaLoanSource.com. It's BayAreaLoanSource.com. The whole moving migration thing, it's kind of interesting. I know you could study it 250 years ago when it was go west, young man. Now it's going to where jobs are going, where housing is affordable. Hmm. A lot of migration leaving the Bay Area. A lot of migration going to mid-sized cities. Lots to think about. Where are you going to retire? Where are you going to live? Tony Mendez can help you with some of those ideas. You can find him and listen to his show Thursday nights here at 6 o'clock on KDOW. You can find him at BayAreaLoanSource.com. That's BayAreaLoanSource.com. You can find me at RobBlackShow.com. We'll talk soon. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. 
The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.